This is Journal Talk, Episode 12. It is kind of a paradox because if your goal is to have a bestseller and a top publishing company and a Cracker Jack agent, that's one thing. If your goal is to honor your writer, your story, and see where it takes you, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. And so you really have to be clear what your intention is, truly clear about what your dream is. You know, they say that if you self-publish, for instance, in a lifetime, you're lucky if you sell 100 books, if you self-publish. So it's not just the, the agony and the ecstasy of writing your story. It's right. why are you doing this and where are you going to go once, as I call it, you birth this baby. Mm-hmm. I am able to say I was able to transform my journals and other written material, and this is where it's taken me. It's yeah. taken me to coaching people to do the same thing. It hasn't taken me to the bestseller list, but it's given me enormous joy in completing it and having people write to me how much it's helped them to talk about their depression or their challenges or their search for authenticity. You know, it may not be a million people, but any life you touch is significant. So you have to make your peace with what it is you want this to do for you. Yeah, yeah. This is Journal Talk, a bi-weekly podcast about all things journaling. Journal Talk is a part of Write for Life, a web resource for journaling with passion, clarity, and purpose. You can reach us on our website at www.writeforlife.us. That's www.write the number four, life, L-I-F-E, dot U-S. And now, here's the host of Journal Talk and the founder of Write for Life, journaling coach, Nathan Oren. Welcome, everybody, to the one dozenth episode of Journal Talk. <laughs> I'm your host and journaling coach, Nathan Oren, and today I have an amazing story to share about my conversations with Joan Leof, a woman who has re-inspired me to pick up my old, almost forgotten dream of writing the story of my coming of age and my spiritual odyssey. Joan is a magnificent writing coach, and she has been teaching workshops for journaling and creative writing for over 30 years. One of her specialties is coaching people through the process of using the material from their journals to create publishable stories, like memoirs, autobiographies, or even creative nonfiction. I contacted Joan to be a guest on this show, and she accepted, but... Joan did some research about me, and she noticed on my website where I explained that I had given up on writing my book. And so instead of recording a Journal Talk interview, in the excitement of some of our first conversations, Joan actually convinced me to dust off some of my own stories and put some life back into them. And ever since then, I've teamed up with some other writers that I know, and I've started this thing called the 100-Word Flash Memoirs. They're great exercises. Please check out the article that I posted on Joan Leof's website at joanleof.com. That's www.joanleof.com for more details about this. 
Joan Leof has been journaling since her early 20s, and she considers journal writing to be her medicine and her muse. In fact, she's written her own memoir called Fatal If Swallowed. It's an inspiring story about her struggle with the mental health system in America, and it explores the ways that she has refused to accept toxic beliefs and the traditional approaches in society and stayed true to herself and her own creativity. It's a wonderful book. I highly recommend downloading a copy. I've read it myself, and I'll make sure that the link is available on this episode's show notes. I have four segments of our conversation to play for you, and in this first one, you're going to hear me share some of my excitement as I give Joan an update on my own writing, and you're going to hear how she continues to encourage me and share some fantastic tips from her own experience of turning journals into memoirs. Please enjoy. Well, good morning, Joan. Good morning. It's really early where you are. Oh, this isn't bad, though. I prepared myself this time. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I went to bed nice and early and got up about an hour ago, had some breakfast. I'm ready to go. Okay, me too. (laughs) Good, good. Well, welcome. Thanks for joining again. And I just can't tell you how much energy I've got and excitement about all kinds of stuff. I'm filled with questions and curiosity and want to find out what's going on with you and where can we begin? Why don't we talk about your excitement because I was thrilled to have you on my website as a guest posting Mm -hmm. and I've had 25 people look at it so far in the few days it's been up. That's exciting. I I think I told you I get sort of overwhelmed (laughs) about the publicity and the business and the agent and the editor Mm and oh my god it's just so like do I really care that much? I mean it's just Mm -hmm. another coming out story. (laughs) But um, I would assume that it's more than just coming out. You said you've been keeping journals for 28 years. So obviously I'm not privy to if it was all about this issue in your life, but I'm sure it touched on other things in your life. Yeah, I'm trying to distill it to like three separate themes. One is the sexuality and coming Mm -hmm. out going from the one extreme to the other, from totally rejecting it, trying to change it, deny it, to fully accepting, fully happy with it. The other theme is my relationship with my parents. And then the third theme is the religion and spirituality. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to paint all these pictures yet, but that's why it's helping just to do the 100 words. Mm -hmm. Some days it's 200 and some days it's 600. I remember your book, You know, you've got such an amazing story and other themes different than mine, but still they're very deep. And you picked out these certain moments throughout your life and you timeline them just well enough the reader can follow and you can really hear the angst and the struggle and the persistence. Well, I don't think our themes are so different, Nathan, because (laughs) my quest was to be authentic and your quest was to be authentic. Mm. And my quest was to trust, as I said in my preface, you know, not to swallow the things that are toxic for us. Mm. And whether it was your sexuality or your family relationships or your intellectual goals and your spiritual path, all of those things you were searching for your authenticity. Mm. And that's what makes the stories universal. There are obviously some, you didn't have the challenge with the mental health system that I did, but you had the challenge with the culture in terms of gay you know, mm-hmm. issues. And so 
although you're saying it's different, part of writing well is to find the universality that that others can relate to. And another thing I wanted to mention is that I often use the metaphor with my writing students about a patchwork quilt. Like these hundred-word flash memoirs are akin to my analogy of a patchwork quilt. If you're putting together a patchwork quilt, you just collect fragments of material. You have no idea whether it's going to end up as a border in the center, as a theme in terms of color or shape or pattern, but the fragment is meaningful and so you collect it. And then at the very end, you put together the quilt. And if you can keep that exciting metaphor in mind, you just keep collecting these patches and trust that they will end up where they're supposed to be. You don't have to get overwhelmed by even integrating these themes because they will happen. You've already owned these themes, and so your 100-word flash memoirs Mm -hmm. will all fall into place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do. I trust that now. I hope so. It takes a while for some people to trust that, but if you let go of the left brain need to understand outline, sequence, you know, (laughs) just follow your instincts, your intuition for those meaningful moments and just keep collecting them. That's great. Thank you. Now, when I wrote my memoir, that's what I did for the whole first year. I just collected those moments in different areas of my life. You have it narrowed down to three, and so you can one day say, okay, today I'm going to think about my parents, or today Mm -hmm. I'm going to think about the issues of coming out, or today I'm Mm -hmm. going to think about my spiritual path. Mm -hmm. And then just start writing those 100-word flash things, and you'll be amazed at where it takes you. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what I did for a year with my particular themes. And then at the end of the year is when I started thinking about chapters. Oh, really? So you collected these little patchwork pieces for a year? A year, a year. Wow, wow, wow. A year. Wow, okay. Well, the reason that I'm going to say a year is I was working with a mentor, a wonderful mentor, Mm -hmm. and that was her guidance for me to generate. She called it generating for a year, not to worry about all of these things, sequence, Mm -hmm. you know, integrating. And certainly not worrying about an agent. and. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Just the generating. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Journal Talk. Have you already subscribed on iTunes? You won't want to miss the next episode. Go to the iTunes store and search under Journal Talk. All one word. Click subscribe and get your Journal Talk delivered free. Thanks for subscribing. And now, back to more Journal Talk. Welcome back to Journal Talk. This week, I'm sharing a conversation I had with Joan Leof, an accomplished memoirist and an avid journal writer. She's published her story, Fatal If Swallowed. I highly recommend reading it, especially if you are one of those people who has a story to share with the world, but you need some inspiration for getting it down on the page. Now, unless you are a Stephen King 
or a very well-known author, every book seems to take a long, winding journey before it makes its way to the bookstore. And in this next segment of dialogue with Joan Leof, we get to hear the crazy twists of fate that she has endured before she was able to see her story in print. And what I learned from this is how important it is to stay true to myself and just keep believing that the right time and the right opportunity will come along. Most of all, just to stay focused on writing my story as a way of honoring my truth without expecting it to make it to the bestseller list. Now here's some more from Joan Leof. After I had my patches for my quilt, that's when I sat there and I started to think, okay, what could chapters be that would synthesize, integrate these themes in a meaningful way? And then I wrote the chapters in raw form. So I'm taking the raw material of generating and putting it into a chapter, but not crafting it yet, you know, not worrying about the absolute best word or any of the editorial type things. And after I had the chapter in the draft form, that's when the very exciting leap to craft it came up. Did you know that you were headed towards a book or you didn't, maybe you didn't have any idea that it would end up in a Well, that's a wonderful story unto itself. I had, decades ago, tried to write the story of my challenge with the mental health system, and I was just Mm -hmm. focusing on that when it was very raw. And I was actually taking a writing course at the University of Pennsylvania, and there was a guest speaker who had seen some of my essays published. I told him that I had an idea for maybe an article, and then that could lead me to a book. Mm -hmm. Uh, He suggested I speak to an editor using his name at the major Philadelphia paper, and she ended up giving me an assignment on spec. On speculation means I was just starting to get my personal essays published, and I was just starting to do professional writing, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't quite a substantial enough portfolio for her to say, you know, here's X amount of money and here's a deadline. I brought that story to her, and she loved it but said she was leaving to go to the Rolling Stone (laughs) and could, could not be my editor for this. And then another editor looked at it, and he wanted me to redo it in a much more graphic rendering of the downward spiral. And it was not a time in my life that I thought it would serve me to do that emotionally. Mm. Mm. And so it went in a folder. And even though it was passing up what would have launched me in another league, so to Mm -hmm. speak, journalistically, I just knew it was not the time. So it sat in a folder for a couple decades. And maybe that was about a 50-page story I rewrote it into a 10-page essay, and a woman accepted it. You won't believe this. A woman accepted it into an anthology that she was writing about women's stories of transformation. She accepted it. She loved it. And lo and behold, she has a near-fatal automobile accident that almost killed her, and she chucked that project. So this is the second time the universe was interceding. The first editor leaves. This editor has an accident. And I'm left with 
what was already sanctioned as a very worthwhile story, mm-hmm. and I didn't have any marketing savvy, so I certainly understand what you mean about you know how to go find an agent, how to find out which publication accepts unsolicited manuscripts, and this and that. Right. And so I was determined because of these kind of cosmic messages I was getting. So I went seeking a mentor to help me kind of decode uh, this. And that's when she told me upon reading that 10-page essay that this was a book and that she would help me transform that 10-page essay into a book. And so nice. I worked with her in doing that nice. over four it's years. Very nice. Called, her name is Alexandra Johnson. And her book, where I discovered her, was a book that I use in my journal workshops called Leaving a Trace. And mm. it really emphasizes using the raw material from your journals in creative mm-hmm. writing. So I thought she would be very much on board for a project like this, and she was. Yeah, that's fantastic. You're listening to Journal Talk with your host, Nathan Oren. Journal Talk is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you resources, information, and inspiration about all things journaling. And now, back to Journal Talk. Welcome back. I love through these episodes of Journal Talk how different people reveal synchronistic themes. In previous interviews, we've heard Juliet Platt and Linda Monk both share how they bring journaling out from behind closed doors and share it in a group context. Well, coming next, you're going to hear Joan Leof share the types of writing exercises that she uses to facilitate journaling groups. By the end of this interview, you will be fully equipped to start a journaling group of your own. But first, I want you to hear this. I asked Joan to share some of the examples of the types of people and groups that she's been working with. You're going to love hearing what she's been doing over the past 30 years, providing healing comfort, and transformation to communities of people of all ages. Listen in on this part of the conversation. Can we talk about the workshops, what you do? and Well, the Right to Heal workshops I've been doing for over three decades, and I've worked with people from 9 to 90, individuals and groups. And I've done it in all kinds of settings. I've done it for stroke victims in a hospital. I've done it for cancer centers. I've done Mm. it for six years. I had a contract with the MS Society here in Delaware, and I did it a couple times a month for the MS people. So that's one population of people who are dealing with physical challenges. I've done Mm -hmm. it for the elderly in retirement communities where the people Mm. want to review their life or deal with their current challenges. Mm-hmm. And then I've done it for your average Oh, I had a wonderful group going for a year for men. And that happened in a very interesting way because one of the people in my MS group was a man. Mm-hmm. And his participation coincided with having two women in other ongoing groups, each of whom had husbands who were very interested. So I put these three men together in a men's group, and we met monthly, 
And it was just absolutely amazing. Broke every stereotype of, you know, your typical male not wanting to share his feelings. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they just bonded. And they were like kids in a candy store. (laughs) And they shared their frustration as little boys when the girls were getting the little diaries with the lock and Mm -hmm. keys. And they weren't encouraged to do that. And it was a wonderful experience. And we used a book written by one of the pioneers in the journaling world, Kathleen Adams, called Mightier Than the Sword. It's journaling for men. And I uh, believed so much in her premise, which was the bottom line is we're all human, and there are so many issues that just have to do with being human, but there are gender-specific issues. You know, being a man in our culture, being a father is different than being a mother, Mm-hmm. although they're both parents, you know, so it was a wonderful combination of just having the men look at life issues that were not gender-specific and then those that were. Mm-hmm. So that was a wonderful group that I did. Three and a half years I have been working with a group of women. My groups are never limited. They're always co-ed. I had given a retreat at their church. It was a Unitarian church invited me to do a workshop at the retreat, and there was such an interest that they then invited me to come to the church in an ongoing way. And and for three and a half years, these women have remained committed. And the amazing thing is they only journal when they come on Saturday morning once a month, like they're going for a massage or they're going for a haircut. (laughs) And they look forward to it. It said it's their me time, you know. And these are reflective women and they're spiritual seekers and they're well-educated, but they don't need journaling to be an ongoing tool for them. They need to look forward to it as a little escape once a month. And a little retreat. Just, yeah. yeah. So that's wow. very wonderful that that's been going for three and a half years. And then two years ago, I was invited to offer a series at the meditation center. And at the end of that series, there was such a response that we have continued weekly for two years now. And that is just amazing. People come and go. There's a core group of a handful of people that keep coming, and there's always new blood, and men show up, and people of all ages. I can be there with people from 20 to mid-70s, which is wonderfully Mm -hmm. eclectic. Then the people who were coming kept saying every week, I would love to turn the material in my journals for creative writing. Not everybody wanted to do a memoir. Some wanted to do a blog. Some wanted to do even a family history or a spiritual autobiography. They Mm -hmm. just wanted to take it from the privacy of the journal to the next step. Well, I was just on the heels of my book being published, and I felt such joy at having had the support that I did that I offered to pay it forward, my way of volunteering, if you will, at this stage Mm -hmm. of life. And so this group has 12 people who also meet weekly. The man has published his e-book. A woman has finished a proposal for a children's book. Other people are working on memoirs. Someone's working on a spiritual autobiography, a family Mm -hmm. history. And so that's a wonderful opportunity for me to coach. We don't critique. 
Some of them decide to work with me privately for coaching. Mm-hmm. So I have a handful of people that I'm coaching in that vein now. Yeah, very nice. You're listening to Journal Talk with your host, Nathan Oren. Journal Talk is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you resources, information, and inspiration about all things journaling. And now, back to Journal Talk. All right. Welcome back. I want to give a special thank you for this episode to my younger twin sisters, Kim Maher and Tammy Egbert, for your beautiful voices. You guys put some sexy and sweetness into this show, and I just love it. Thank you. I also want to shout out to Mary L. McCarthy, the Oprah Winfrey of Therapeutic Journaling. Thank you, Mary, for your support and your friendship. A big hello to Steve in Asheville, North Carolina, and Alex in Chicago. Thank you so much for your kind words. And just thanks to everyone who's tuned in to this episode of Journal Talk. I'm so grateful to be sharing meaningful conversations with you like this about the power of journaling. In this fourth and final segment of conversation I had with Joan Leof, you're going to learn some simple but powerful techniques that you can use either by yourself or in a group setting to stir your creative journaling juices. These are detailed tips that you can use. Gather with your friends, try them out, see what happens. Have fun with this. It's about 10 minutes long, but it is so well worth the overtime. Please, please let me know if you end up starting a journaling circle. I would be so tickled to hear about it. I'll meet you back here in two weeks unless you contact me before then at writeforlifecoach at gmail.com. Take care, everyone, and keep on writing. Joan, let me ask, what happens in these group writing circles? Well, there's two different things that I focus on. One is the journal group, which is very different than the creative writing group. So in each group, we have a check-in, and people bring us up to date, sharing as much as they care to about their writing, be it their journaling or be it their creative writing project. And anything and everything can come up in there, obviously from people being stuck, from people being blocked, to people having aha moments, to people realizing that if they take themselves out of their home space and go to a cafe, it's easier to write. Sharings like that, and then often I would say sharings about the topics that they're working on, the challenges of those topics not necessarily the challenge of the writing because it's coming to terms with the topic. Mm -hmm. A big emphasis in my journaling groups is gratitude. So after we have the check-in, we always start with gratitude because there's a lot of research that's been done that states that it's just as powerful physiologically, psychologically, and spiritually to write about your gratitudes as it is to release all your pain and frustrations. So I like to set the tone with yes. gratitude. I've heard that also. Yeah. yeah. And so we do that, and then in the journal group I'll now go back to, we have a warm-up exercise, and I usually do a guided visualization for them. They have a choice of whether they want to go to a a beautiful place in nature or a sacred place. It can be one and the same, and then I have them tune into that environment. 
And then when I say open, they have a choice of many different types of warm-up activities. It can Mm -hmm. be there's an exercise that people love called 5-5-5. You write very, very quickly for five minutes. This might be good for you, actually, in your Mm -hmm. creative writing. You write very, very quickly for five minutes, not with an editorial eye at all, just releasing, releasing. And Mm -hmm. then... You read what you've written and you let a word or a phrase or a line jump out at you and you circle it. You start the second five minutes only with what you have circled, not with where you left off. And then Uh you write another five minutes and circle. And it usually gets you to much more quickly to the heart of what you really want to be talking about. Nice. So we do that. We do sometimes, they have all these choices. I believe very much in choice. I never give an exercise without giving them at least two or three options on how to use that time. And then one of their options, I have a very wide collection of photographs from different types of magazines, not like family album type things, but, you know, artful photographs such as nature, visuals with words, potpourri, Mm -hmm. and they can pick a photograph as a springboard, not to write like this is a picture of a sunflower, but where does that take you? Then I have journal cards, which were created by Sue Mean, and you kind of shuffle the deck and pick a card that has a theme on it about being human, kind of like you do the I Ching or the tarot cards or the runes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I incorporate is the option to write with the non-dominant hand. Mary McCarthy talks a lot about writing with the left hand. Well, yes. whatever your non-dominant is, you know, right. but there's a lot of research on that. So they have their warm-up activity. Then I have what is called potpourri, where there are selections of exercises on intuition, on spiritual journaling, which is very, very different. Now, some might say, especially if one is very spiritually conscious, that everything is spiritual. But there are books specifically on spiritual journaling, and there are many exercises to help you write about your life experiences with the spiritual lens. So they have the option of this potpourri, the intuition. There's more on gratitude. Poetry is a springboard. There's always lots of crayons and colored tools to draw with if they want to do visual journaling. Mm -hmm. Interesting, the group that has been meeting for three and a half years has been exposed to so many different exercises, you know, over the years that they decided that they want to use the whole second hour just to do their own writing. So All these things that you mentioned, the potpourri and the... 555 and mm-hmm. uh, and the photographs those are all forms of warm up. Yes. Well, you could I... say warm up or springboard. Warm up Spring... and springboard are a little different. Warm okay. up is just kind of getting into your writing frame of mind. Okay. Springboard is using something other than the blank page and your right and left brain to <laughs> 
spur inspire. you on. Yes. Yeah, it can okay. be a quote. It can be a photograph. It can be a journal card. It can be a poem, an exercise on intuition. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it is helping them realize that journaling is not just about being alone with the blank page because there are many tools that can help you get to mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. you need to go more quickly. Yeah, yeah, like stimulus, like a, yes. like a, a cup of creative coffee. Yes. Yeah. And then we always end with, this is very interesting because I always make it clear that people never have to share. You never have to read anything you wrote. You never even have to talk about the experience. It happens to be very rare that somebody reads something they wrote. It's the Hmm. exception that they read. This is in the journaling class, of course, not the creative writing. Sure, In the journaling. But they're always very eager to share the process. For instance, somebody will say something like, my intention was to write to my ex-husband, An unsent letter. You know, there's a a journaling technique called the unsent letter where you take care of any unfinished business in a letter to the person which you don't really intend to send but which gets it all out, you know, which helps Mm -hmm. you to get it all out, to own it. So she said, I really thought I was writing this letter to my ex-husband to forgive him for all the horrible ways he treated me but it ended up writing a letter to myself, forgiving myself for allowing myself to be treated that way. Oh. So they share these surprises, these ahas of where the journaling has taken them all the time. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then we end with a closure um, for I ask them to just like write a sentence or a few words in their journals, what are they taking away with them from today's session. And then, of course, I have them do an evaluation of the session, what worked for them and what didn't work for them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they don't have Feedback to... for you. Yes, that's for me. I also tell them in their introductory appearance in these workshops that they can actually use the entire two hours to bring their own writing project just to have the shared group energy and the music and any consultations with me they want that they don't have to follow, quote, the lesson plan, so to speak. And there have been people who have come and worked on a spiritual autobiography or a blog or a memoir just because they know it's like a safe, supportive place. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. I want to fly out there and attend them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great. Well, um, can't you start one? I really want to do that. And this is really good inspiration, not just for what I'm working on, but like I said, the friends that I know, they're kind of asking for the same thing. Do you know of anything? Can we try mm-hmm. something? So I've got an appointment on my calendar. We're going to meet for the first time. And Wonderful. We we're going to start meeting monthly we don't know what we're going to do but you just gave me some really incredible ideas and well there are books on starting your own journal group um i will look through my collection and see if there's anything i can reference you to anything yeah any any favorites that you know of yeah yeah send me the titles i'd love to look them up 